0: It's time for the WWE Podcast Mailbag, episode 81 here on this May 18th, 2022. We've got a lot of stuff to get through tonight, guys. Not a crazy long show. I say that as famous last words. We'll see. Uh, But it is the middle of May. We're headed towards Hell in a Cell in just a few weeks. And you guys have some good questions. Obviously, a lot has gone on headline by Sasha and Naomi, and you guys have some great stuff on that. So this is the show for the listeners. We get to hear from you, and we're going to do that right after this. Are you looking for some relief or just need relief at the end of the day, but CBD just isn't cutting it? Try Delta 8 THC, CBD's older brother that actually works and makes you feel relaxed. Delta Munchies is revolutionizing the way you consume cannabis by skipping the dispensary and shipping straight to your door. Derived from 100% American-made hemp, and they come in a variety of products ranging from vapes, delicious gummies, tinctures, and more. So skip the line and find relief with Delta Munchies. Head to deltamunchies.com, that's deltamunchies.com, and use the code WWE20 for 20% off your order, guys, head on over to Deltamunchies.com and get 20% off your order by putting in the code WWE20, WWE20. This is
1: WWE Superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast.
2: The is the one that everybody wants. Nick.
0: 16
2: says I just whipped your ass. is my item. You're going to acknowledge me. Welcome
0: to the WWE Podcast Mailbag, everybody. let's uh, Let's get into it. This is your show. And as I say, if you want the ads gone, there's a simple way to do it. Many of you have been taking me up on the offer to head on over to Patreon. And for just a dollar, of course, there's higher tiers that provide more benefits. But for just a dollar... You can get into the in the door, just walk in and get hundreds of ad-free shows in the exclusive after dark show and Discord. Lots of stuff for a dollar. I mean it's it's nearly free. And I'd encourage you to do that. Do that at patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. You can also head on over to uh, Apple Podcasts and click that ad-free button. 99 cents a month gets you ad-free everything. That's a enter our website, wwepodcast.com. Use promo code Roman if you go VIP, and it gets you 50% off your first month. So, boy, lots of ways to go ad-free if you choose to do so. But let's jump into it. Let's jump into it because I know that you guys have a lot to say this week with uh, the crazy news about Naomi and Sasha Banks. Let's get into it. And I'm going to dive in and start with a new patron. Uh, I announced him a day or two ago, and it's the Grim Reefer. (laughs) And uh, he writes in. And he says, Roman, he has a champion's review. So that's what the topic of this is. A champion's review. He says, Roman Reigns, the head of the table, tribal chief, needle mover, is getting stale now for me. Don't get me wrong. I like Roman as a wrestler, but he needs to drop the belts soon. One to Drew, one to Cody. Hopefully it will come soon. Well, I don't disagree with you that things are feeling a little stale with Roman. I would say he's taking a bit of a backseat to the Usos, which Anthony DeMarco and I covered on our State of WWE episode uh, this past week. But also, are they going to really split the championships, considering that at WrestleMania, which was billed as the biggest WrestleMania match of all time that made everyone collectively say LOL, they build that as a unification match. So... Even though Roman is still carrying both belts, are they still treating it as one? Unify means to bring together. So we'll see if they treat them separately. When they did this back in the early 2000s, Jericho was the first undisputed champion. He carried both belts, the world title and the WWF title for several months before they transitioned to the singular belt. I don't know if they're going to do the same thing here, but I don't know. I really don't know if they're going to treat this separately. I don't know. I would imagine for the time being, probably not for the time being. They'll probably treat it as one, even though they are two separate belts. All right, let's continue on Rhonda. Hopefully she is just holding the belt for Bailey to come back because she is awful. She she's not likable. She can't cut a promo. I mean, I I don't know what else to say, brother. I mean, I've been I've been barking up that tree for quite some time about Rhonda. I mean, I don't know what else to add. Bianca meh. I've been tired of the swinging of the hair and the kiss my ass gimmick for a while now. Hopefully, she'll drop the belt to Ripley shortly. I think she will because they're trying to really put some momentum. Oh, I said a corporate buzzword behind the judgment day. And I think it's deserving. And I think Rhea capturing that championship, well, it may not be immediate, I think it's in her near future. And I agree with Bianca. She hasn't had a whole lot to say lately. And her gimmick is, I've said this before, though, it's, it's amazing. That is some serious talent to take a gimmick like that. That literally tells you to kiss her ass, swings her hair obnoxiously every five seconds, says that she's the best, toughest, roughest, fastest, whatever. She's just the ultimate human being to ever exist. And yet somehow she's a baby face and it somehow works. It, it really takes some true talent there, doesn't it? You got to appreciate that. In the same breath, I mean, the the gimmick is screaming to be heel. So Bianca, at some point, I think, will turn heel. Do I think it's going to be this year? I don't know. I mean, I, I would argue get all, the, get all the money you can, squeeze it all out of the babyface character for Bianca, and maybe in 2023 start to dip your toe into maybe at WrestleMania, turn Bianca heel. All right. Let's see. Ricochet. He's been doing a better job than Shinsuke, but they need to start putting the Intercontinental... On pay-per-views. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens. A lot of belts in WWE right now, a lot of them, which is sad to say. I shouldn't say a lot. I mean, there's al- there's always a select two or three that you get the belt, get whatever belt that is, whatever championship it is, and then you just go to oblivion. It, it's like you you just somehow acquired Harry Potter's cloak and you just go invisible. Women's tag titles, which may be abolished, and hopefully they are. Uh, we've got the U.S. title that some, sometimes gets forgotten. The Intercontinental Championship. I mean, somebody should do. Somebody should open up a criminal investigation on what they've done with the Inter with the Intercontinental Championship in terms of neglect. There's got to be some kind of law on the books that's akin to child abuse or child neglect when it when it comes to the Intercontinental Championship. It's it's a damn crime. Even though Ricochet is getting a little more time, you know, it's not it's not even who they've put it on. It's what they've done with it. It's the championship itself that's the problem. That WWE's made the problem. And even the women's championship at one point. I remember Asuka being women's champion for like six months a couple uh, last year, two years ago. And she was forgotten. I mean, it's amazing how that happens sometimes. So, uh, Theory. Ha, huh, this guy's going too far. Natural heel. Yeah, look. Austin Theory, or Theory, is growing on me. I have to say, and growing on me in a way that, that WWE wants him to grow on me. Meaning he's... Feels like he belongs. You want to see him somebody beat his ass. And that's money in my mind. I mean, that's that's ultimately what you always want is to to emote is to create the emotion that you're trying to create. And I think it's working with him. Usos. I feel the same way about them as I do Roman. Stale needs to drop the belts, preferably not to RK Bro. SmackDown needs new tag teams. Yeah, well, who? Right? I mean, you got the Viking Raiders, but they've been on NXT who who's exactly going to be that team alpha academy they're on raw but not that it matters because there's no such thing as a brand split anymore i mean re- like i don't know somebody name a team i know you want new but who that's the thing plus wwe really values that bloodline story so i don't know if th- they had to be somebody special um rk bro seems the way of giving stars a break is to tangle them up in a with in, in a chair yeah um yeah, that's a, that is That is definitely a way, certainly. When, when you tangle somebody up in a chair and you injure them, yes, that is. Let's see here. But you could do a splitting up shortly riddle, and he has transformed to a top contender over the past few months. He needs to go on a singles run, a solid one, with Orton as his friend. A split doesn't mean they have to be rivals. Yeah, I think that's a good point to bring up, because we're all just waiting for the other shoe to drop. With this team, uh, I mean, I thought it was going to drop a year ago, and WWE probably did too until they realized, oh crap, we're selling a whole bunch of merchandise, and they seem to actually have organic chemistry on the screen. Let's see what we got. And they caught lightning in a bottle. It fell into their lap. Let's be real. WWE had no intention of keeping these two together this long. It was not by design. It was a happy accident, and these happen. They don't happen often, but when they happen, you take advantage. And WWE did, and they should. But... You're right. That is a third option. What if not what if neither turns on the other and it's just one is supporting the other in their singles career? It's possible. But aren't you leaving money on the table though? I mean, you've built these two so well and Randy's actually called him his friend, which you know that's going to come back in a video package if Randy turns on Riddle or even if Riddle turns on Randy, you could use that line where Randy said, I'm going to use the F word, he's my friend, right? That's the emotional part, one of the emotional parts of that video package that inevitably is going to happen when one turns on the other, I think. But you're right, but isn't that the more the most boring path? You know, that's kind of the most anticlimactic path because you're leaving money on the table, not just with a, a, an emotional rivalry, but with in-ring. I mean, they could have a really good match or series of matches together, so... And it also would help elevate, I think, um, Riddle either way. So, all right. Sasha and Naomi, irrelevant. A waste of their talent, but I suppose they are just splitting them or, or just putting them somewhere until they decide what to do with them. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing with them. There's been rumors now today that WWE is considering releasing them. And to to be fair, I said yesterday on my Raw review, that just a couple months ago, Sasha was on Austin's Broken Skull podcast and said that everything was hunky-dory and this and that. That actually is not the case. I was scrolling through TikTok, and she was saying in so many words that she feels she could be at Vince McMahon's level. If you don't believe me, go watch the episode of of that. Uh, And I completely forgot about that. She's she was saying in so many words that she feels like she's paid her dues, she doesn't need to be the uh you know the, the happy go lucky girl anymore, that she's done what she's needed to do, and that she feels if she wants to step out, she could be at Vince McMahon's level. I, I may be butchering some of what she said, but that's kind of the gist of it. Go watch that interview. I completely missed that part. So there's something there, and honestly. As much as we're all, and a lot of people have been praising Sasha and Naomi for doing this, and to some degree, maybe, we don't know the full story. Regardless of that, nobody's going to be on Vince McMahon's level. I mean, Sasha Banks, Mercedes, her real name, is extremely, I I feel, she's got a huge ego. Her, Her promo, her promos, even when she's off WWE TV, she's on you know, just doing a podcast interview on Stone Cold's podcast, wherever she's got an attitude to her. Like she's still trying to be in character, or maybe that's just really her. And it's obnoxious. Like, I I feel like she's living the gimmick and you are not on Vince McMahon's level. Nobody is. Nobody will ever duplicate what Vince McMahon has done. Love or hate the guy. I know there's a lot of people that hate the guy and I understand why, but nobody will ever be on the level of Vince McMahon and what he's been able to accomplish I sit in here and I criticize him from a creative standpoint on a weekly basis, but that doesn't take away from the accomplishments, the body of work that Vincent Kennedy McMahon has put together over the last 50 years. I mean, my God, the man is uh, one of a kind and has changed professional wrestling forever. So to say you can be on Vince McMahon's level and you you feel like you should be and you are is pure narcissism. That's it. You view yourself in a way that no one else views you. So anyway, I, yeah, I just have a problem with Sasha Banks's ego. There's clearly one there, uh, even if she's justified to walk out. I mean, that's beyond, besides the point. So, all right, let's continue on here. I'm going off uh, off the rails as always. Let's see. Where am I at? Lost my track. Uh, train of thought, rather. So I wonder why they haven't or don't have a Women's Intercontinental and United States mid-card championships. Yeah, uh, well, here's the here's thing. They can't even manage the tag team uh, titles for the the women. How do you think they're going to do with an additional two titles? Plus you add more championships. Not only do all the other values of all the other championships get lost, but you also by adding more championships, never will have a program that doesn't have a title involved in it. We've been complaining that the women's division is always about the belt, always about the belt, always about the belt, uh, always about the championship. A- and yeah, if you add more championships to the division, the women's division as a whole, then every single thing that ever ever done in every match is going to always be about a championship. You'll never have a grudge match or anything. It's going to either be about those mid card titles or the uh, the top women's championship or hell, maybe uh maybe we even have Ronda Rousey create the Smackdown championship title. Ugh, what a total. No. So anyway, yeah, that's the other thing is. And plus, I don't think they have enough women. They don't have enough women to warrant additional titles to be put into the mix. They have to bring back like 10 divas of yesteryear, wheel them out of the the nursing home and, you know, put them into the ring every single Royal Rumble just to fill the ring with 30 women. You don't believe me. Go look at the past few rumbles. How many nostalgia acts come back just to fulfill the 30 mark? Yeah. So. All right. Anyway, 24-7 title. Just give it to our truth Well, yeah, I mean, give it to him and then have him bury it. Just just literally and figuratively put it in the grave. I, I think uh, Memphis Mark would, I definitely think, I don't think I know he would echo that sentiment. And by the way, he's going to be our co-host on this week's Week in Review. So stay tuned for that. He'll be returning to the show after several months it's been too long memphis mark is going to be coming back as a co-host for this week's weekend review on sunday night so something to look forward to there okay final point it seems is it seems if you got tangled up in a chair it's the only way to see uh to get a break so you can go of plastic surgery can't wait to see charlotte's new face will you ever see mad cat moss again i hope so so i yeah for, i think we'll see mad cat moss again yes definitely probably in the next few weeks maybe even at hell in a cell um maybe that seems to be a quick turnaround time but depending on the injuries i think they said it was a contusion i.e a bruise so he probably will be ready to go for hell in a cell facing madcap or facing corbin in some kind of match but as far as charlotte goes is she really getting plastic surgery i mean or are you just being facetious i'm not sure yeah i think charlotte's taking time off i mean that's just what it is i think she needs time off i think she wants time off and there's nothing wrong with that. Recharge her batteries. The fans need a break from her. She probably needs a break from the road. Needs a break from fans. Needs a break from WWE environment. And just go recharge yourself. Yeah. So all right. Thanks, Grim Reefer. <laughs> uh, I wish I don't know your real name, so I'll just uh go with that. But uh let's see what else we got here. And uh all right, well let's uh you know what let's just uh take a take a listen and we'll probably find out who this is. Right. Well, guys, first of all, that is Mr. Dennis McGinley. And and I have to say that music, I probably said this last week, my memory is awful, that that music, it, it's very trance-like, very trance-like. I actually kind of enjoy it in a way that would make me want to uh, listen to it as I'm going to sleep. I often listen to Bob Ross. I mean, I'm I'm way going off track here, as I always do. But as I'm thinking of things I listen to when I go to sleep, sometimes when I can't sleep, I'll just throw in my AirPods and I'll listen to like Bob Ross. I'm not kidding. I know many of you listen to me as I, as you fall asleep, because my content is so interesting and engaging and it makes you really, your brain work. So I appreciate that. But I mean, I, I really do. I listen to Bob Ross or, you know, I, I don't know. There's other channels too, like honest guys, honest guys on YouTube are really good. But um, anyway, way off topic. Let's continue with Mr. Dennis McGinley. He says, Hey, Matt, this is your, uh, he, this is your none other than the heel of the show. Mr. Dennis McGinley. So last week I told you I'm getting a group of five members of the Patreon together. It's going to be called Oh gosh, my English and pronunciation is bad here. Here we go. <laughs> Somebody's gonna have to help me with this. I need, I need some kind of a speech pathologist or something. The Verade faction. Oh boy, yeah, this is embarrassing. It's spelled P-E-N-T. A V E R A T E Penta Verratti faction. Not a good start here, guys. <laughs> You'd imagine that you know any other podcast host would edit this out so they don't sound stupid. Yeah, not me. My shame level is at a zero. Okay, our phase. May you say it goes like this: We are the master of our kind. If you dare mess with the pervaded. Preventative- <laughs> very <laughs> this is so bad the pentavarate faction be with us or be destroyed those members that have joined welcome and let it go down and start next week on this mailbag in the discord chat I am head of this group say what you want I'll laugh in your faces and destroy everyone also you're not welcome into the group ever Kobe cheese 77 aka the Genesis or Dr. BGB. To the Penta perver- uh, <laughs> pentavarate faction, you two are garbage and your promos aren't worth reading or hearing about. We don't want anything to do with you two. Have a great day, Matt. Mr. Dennison McGinley out. Talk with you all next week. Well, uh, maybe for those of us who are uh, vocally challenged and uh, don't have the brain power to, to pronounce it, maybe we just like to, to the uh, I don't know, come up with a different word. I don't know what even what it means. I'm hoping you misspelled it so that I won't feel as stupid. Uh, but for now, I'll just say the, the P faction the, the, for the letter P. I don't know. All right, Mr. Dennis McGinley. Thank you. <laughs> Let's get to Randy, the patron. And he says, got to make it quick. Work is busy. What is your take on Sasha and Naomi? What do you think the direction they're going with Alexa and the new music but her old one was great. That's it for work calling. Hey, Randy, get it, man. I appreciate you taking the couple of seconds there to write this. We're all busy, man. I get it. I even bring my laptop, like my my uh personal laptop to work to make it look like I'm working, but I'm really doing podcast stuff at my desk. So there's my dirty little secret. Um <laughs> I mean, I only I really only do that like sparingly. I do actually uh, do uh, do my work at work, but uh, I do bring my my laptop, and you know if I have a, a minute or two, and I take my break at my desk, I do really bring it to work. But uh, so, um, so I get it, brother. You know, work is work, so I appreciate it. And so, Sasha and Naomi, I went in depth on this on the raw review to open raw. I talked about this. And so I don't want to rehash it because I went for about 15 minutes on the whole situation. Um, I also talked about it a little bit on my TikTok. Go follow me there at the WWE podcast. Not you, Randy, but anybody. But um, so kind of a in a, in summation, I think that what... What happened? Again, we're all left to speculate. There's conflicting reports, all this. The bottom line is they walked out. Okay, they walked out. They put their belts on the table, apparently, and they walked out. Now, whether Naomi followed her or waited for her cue or there was a delay in both of them, maybe they went in with a plan, whatever. They both put their belts on John Laurinaitis's desk, from what I understand, said they felt disrespected. Uh, and then also said that they didn't feel safe with a couple of women in that six pack challenge. We don't know who those people are. That's honestly irrelevant because there's a much bigger story going on here, other than who is quote unquote unsafe in the ring. That's a that's kind of a much more of a side story that I'm not going to go into. But they left, and we we don't know if WWE is going to terminate them. Um, we are speculating they could terminate. They have all the, they ha- absolutely have the grounds to terminate, but they have to kind of weigh their options. Is it really worth? you know, laying off these women. I don't know. I mean, and, and here's the thing. And I will just say this because of the environment, the, 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 cultural environment that we're in the society that we're in today, you take two black women, right? Women of color, whatever you want to call them. Okay. I know there's many different ways. And if I say, you know, black or women or African American, somebody gets offended by one way. I say it, right? Like, it's like, Oh, it's not this, it's this. You don't say color. Do you say look, black, I'm white. They're black. I know Sasha is not exactly like dark black, but she's she is, uh, you know, she does have heritage there. So, okay, but my point is on this. Do you think WWE in this environment we're in? Think about the environment we're in. This is something that they would have to deal with them firing two black women on the roster. Prominent black women, right? I understand that they be they would be justified in doing so. But given that the, the culture we're in guys, I they have to weigh this option. They have to look at it and go, is this worth not only because they they have absolute grounds to fire them and they and, and you can make an argument they should, that but they also the other side of it is do they want to deal with the backlash, potential backlash from the PO, from the uh, public of what they've done? You know, I I don't know, but that's just one. And maybe maybe it's not even on the table, but look at the culture we're in, guys. I think it's a valid point. The other thing is, you know, when you look at this, uh, you know, I, I do believe that Sasha Banks was ready and has been ready to leave for a while. You look at her, the totality of her career it has been hot and cold up and down injuries mysterious you know mysterious injuries that have gone on for like 8 years it feels like and then you know she leaves for unknown reasons and then maybe she got covid and when is she returning she's back for a week gone for another 4 there's something in a lot of things over the last 10 years of her career that we will never know about that she's had going on sasha banks's career is a it is a mystery it really is. With her, at least the time she's away, like how many times she's been gone randomly is just crazy. And uh, you know, she, she every time she won a women's championship, she couldn't hold on to it. And just so much stuff, right? So, that, those are my quick thoughts. If you want a more in-depth, detailed description, you can of course go to uh, my raw review. It's right at the beginning of the show. So, and as far as uh, Alexa Bliss, I don't know what they're doing. I also talked about this in the raw review. So I'm, um, you know. I have no problem with them changing the music, but i here's the most important part about about Alexa bliss that everyone's missing. Can we hear her talk? Can we hear why she's back or or what she did with her time away make up something besides you know the truth that she was married getting married whatever yeah here's there's good and bad to this because I like the fact that she's in the ring. She's wrestled more in the past two weeks than the past two years. Think about that. Because of all her nonsense after being touched by the fiend and sitting on the swing and, you know, being uh, part of uh, Bray Wyatt's, you know, influence or being influenced by him. And she was doing well. And then she was in therapy. And then she'd have one match in like six months and go back to you know nowhere. I mean, it was bizarre. So at least they have her in the ring. For those that have been complaining, she's not wrestling. Fine. They have her wrestling. But then, OK, well, what are the promos? Why, why does she still have the doll? But what's with the music? Like, they haven't done anything other than just, oh, hey, guys, I'm back. But here's Lily. My music's kind of a hybrid. Uh, what are we doing here? We don't know. Put her on the mic. Give her direction. I think they haven't because they don't know. The second that they put her on the mic, they're going to have to have already determined what they're going to do with Alexa because she has to, to have something to say of substance that would cue fans into, hey, this is my mission statement. This is where I want to go. This is where I've been. And I don't think they have those answers, which is why she's not talking. But it's a big, big gaping hole right now for me, glaring. It's it's right there. It's like, can we hear from her? So to me, that's more important than her music is uh, her talking right now. Randy, thank you. Good, get back to work, buddy. Uh, let's see here. I I don't know if we have any other patrons, so I'm going to. I'm going to check one more time. Sometimes you guys send it to me outside of the Patreon internal mail system, so I don't want to miss it. I'll Let me take a look. Up oh, and lo and behold, yes, we have Grace. So Grace writes in. And Grace, I know you have two emails, so I'll, I'll read them both. But uh, she says, Hey, Matt, I'm sure you and everyone listening is aware of this Monday night's backstage issues with Sasha and Naomi walking out. There are so many odd things going on with this. I don't believe it's a work, but I find it odd there has been a statement There are uh, that there has been a statement about it made from WWE because Vince usually likes to cover any backstage drama pretty quick. But with that being said, maybe reports went out about it and they had no choice. Sounds like there are two sides to this and we've only heard one of those sides. I wouldn't be worried about either of the women leaving or being fired from WWE because though you would assume Vince knows how big they both are to the company and to the fans. They really are. I mean, especially Naomi, who as of late has been on a roll. I mean, Naomi's Naomi actually surprises me a little bit more than Sasha, even though Sasha's a bigger name. Because Naomi, for the first time in her career, it feels like she's been you know the, the most relevant she's ever been. I know she was women's champion going into WrestleMania 33 in Orlando. I get that. But even then she she doesn't feel like she was a complete character. Now she does. And she had one of her best match, if not the best match of her career with Charlotte Flair a few months ago that you could have made an argument would have and would have and should have put her in the main event with Rhonda and Charlotte and you would have a triple threat. They didn't do that, but you could have made a case and she has proven she can go, but you're right. I mean, um, I mean, will I be surprised if either woman is either decides to quit themselves or they're late or, or they're fired by WWE? No, I wouldn't be con- too concerned about where they're going to land either. Cause boy, AEW is wide open if they want to go that road. Both of them would immediately be signed. And boy, does the women's division in AEW need help anyway. So, yeah, I'm not worried about them. I mean, honestly, as far as work and, uh, you know, being in the uh, being in the the soup line for homeless people is not probably where they're going to end up. Right. Like they're not going to need food stamps. Let's just put it that way. They're going to be doing just fine, even if they didn't wrestle again. They never stepped foot, never stepped foot in a wrestling ring again. They could still get advertising deals, start their own podcast, get ad revenue. I mean, they got a built-in base of millions of people. They're going to do just fine. All right. So it sucks that it had to play all out like that, though, because I feel like all of the drama really outshined the great match. Back-y, uh, Becky, Becky, Becky. I've never said that before. Okay. Becky and Asuka put on later that night. See, guys, you know know what I'm thinking? I told you guys I'm on Fireside. It's a new app. Uh, Well, maybe it's not new. I just have discovered it lately. I'm on Fireside and Twitch at the WWE podcast. And the reason I'm telling you that is because as I'm thinking about this, I almost went live tonight. And I may start doing that for my shows that I record. Even though they're pre-recorded, I may still record them live and you'll see all the goof-ups with me live. So I get to embarrass myself, not just from an audio perspective, but also visually. So that's going to be fun. But seriously, guys, follow me on Twitch. If you were on Twitch at the WWE podcast, I'd appreciate it. Okay. Sorry. Uh, sorry, Grace. I put a, a, a shameless plug in the middle of your email. I'm just a total jerk tonight. So yes. So Becky and Asuka put on a good, ma- a great match later that night. And yes, it did kind of outshine that and and overshadowed it. It was impressive what they did with how quick the plans changed, and I don't think it was appreciated as much as it should have been because of all the drama. Yeah, that's unfortunate. It's the unfortunate side effect that we were overlooking. It's a good point to bring up: is like they had a really good match, and yet what is everyone talking about? Right? Everyone's talking about the walkout. They're not talking about the really good match that Becky and Oscar put out. That's a damn shame. That's collateral damage. It' not much you can do about that. Even if you bring attention to it, people are going to say, oh yeah, they did have a good match. Right. And think about it for two seconds. And then they're going to go back to, whoa, wait, so what's the latest with uh, the walkout drama, right? It's human nature. Okay. uh, Let's see. The promo Cody cut was great. And the aggression he put into the, into was slightly heelish. And no, I don't think he's turning heel, but it made me super excited for this hell in a cell match. This, this anger is what the feud needed. And for Seth, he always had that underlying anger there. But for Cody, he was playing the nice guy. But now he finally broke and at Hell in a Cell, it will be brutal. I think this match has the potential to be as good or even better than their WrestleMania match. So I agree. But here's the thing I, I know, and I've been wanting that too. But it's nice to see a program evolve in a natural way. Where everything is not just hundred miles an hour right off the bat. Everyone hates everybody. Oh my god, I would kill your family if it meant I could beat you. Right? I mean, not to that extreme, but you get the gist, gist of it, right? And I like how the anger has built. And for so for right now, for the last two matches, it's been kind of a professional, competitive type of thing. And now it's it's gone personal, and the anger is ramped up. But it makes sense. You're in the third match, the blowoff match you're in going to be you're going to be inside hell in a cell. I would hope that there's some anger, right? I mean, if they're still going in there glad-handing each other, it'd be a problem going into the, the most brutal structure that WWE's ever created, right? So, uh yeah, I, and I know Grace that you um you have a podcast that you're you're going to be doing and I and I'll hold off on announcing that cuz it's not quite ready, but Grace is going to be doing her own podcast and I will uh wait on the announcement of that until episodes are ready, but uh yes. Grace, you are – it's going to be fun to listen to you. So, guys, get prepared. It's nice to see and hear female voices in pro wrestling, I have to say. I mean, I know Ashley has her own podcast called the Kick Ash Podcast, and she's doing great. And I encourage you to go subscribe, by the way, to the Kick Ash Podcast, K-I-K-A-S-H. So check that out. Ashley would really appreciate the follow, the subscribe, anything you can give her. But now Grace is stepping into the ring as well, so to speak, and I think she's going to do great. So I will – Definitely let you guys know when her new episodes drop. So, all right, let's see. So, uh, your second email, Grace is the only reason Alexa bliss brings out Lily is because it's a money grab. Ooh, there ain't no way they were ready to lose out on the merch sales from Lily. S- uh, still doesn't explain the backstory, but I truly believe that is why she still brings her out. That's it. Sorry for the two emails. Don't worry about that. Um, uh, Yeah, so, yeah, I didn't even think of that, right? Like, it very well could be money-driven, sadly. Could be money-driven. Probably is. Or they just, I think it's probably twofold. Number one, they want at least some connection to the old character, so it's not such a stark, like, wait a minute, why is she suddenly back to the old Alexa? And it's like, well, she still has Lily, so it's a softer transition. But I also think you're right. Maybe maybe the sales of Lily were doing well. I, I don't know anybody that has a Lily doll, but yeah, hey. Uh, maybe it's not, it's not a market for me, right? So, all right, well, good observation, Grace. Yeah, I definitely think it's money motivated. Let's uh, go to, let's see, I think, let's see here. Um, I have actually, yeah, because Memphis Mark, who again, will be joining me on the show Sunday night as a co-host for the Weekend Review, actually wrote in, and he said, I normally don't drop an email, but I forgot to mention something in the voicemail that I wanted to plant a seed with our listeners. So, okay, well, Mark, we haven't heard your voicemail, but that's okay. We can do this backwards. Um, with our listeners, I'm working on a couple of projects, and one of them has gotten so deep. I've heard the rumors, but I did not know blank. The Fabulous Moolah was a pimp? Wait, What? <laughs> So you say, hold that thought. Hold it. One more second. Okay. It's so funny because that's the exact reaction I had as I'm reading it. It's almost as if scarily you're, you're reading my mind. Yep. Remember to spay and neuter. I'm out. Wait, so you're just going to leave us with that? Memphis Mark. You can't just leave us with the statement that that um, the fabulous mula was a pimp. Okay. Now you, okay. I'm going to demand that you explain yourself on the weekend review. So that's a hook for not just for you guys, but for me too. Like, I want to know what this is about, uh, Mark. I need need to know. Oh, gosh. Leave it to Mark. All right. I will talk to you Sunday. And uh, I think that's it for the, at least the patron version of our mailbag. We have a few emails from non-patrons, so we're going to get to those right now. And then, of course, the voicemails, the main event, is coming up. So let's start with... Let's see here. I want to make sure I get this right. It is from Levi. And uh, Levi, something's up with the email you sent because you put a message in the subject, but I don't see much in the body of the email. I even forwarded it to... Another email uh, box I have just to make sure it wasn't a formatting thing with my, the original box I got it in, but I'll read it anyway. And, um, maybe it's, maybe it was meant to do this. I'll read what you said, Levi. You said, hi, Matt, I'm new to the mailbag. I wanted to start by telling you about AJ and Finn teaming with Bailey. Quite a few sites say Bailey's a free agent. That's all from the infamous listener. Well, maybe that's it. Okay. So you put your entire message in the subject talk about to the point. Good stuff, Levi. Kudos. Points for you. So I have not heard that. I wouldn't be surprised if Bailey's a free agent. I don't even know if it was determined if she was supposed to be a free agent. No, no, she was drafted, wasn't she? I'll have to look at that. But it doesn't no matter because they're going to do it anyway. I wouldn't be surprised if she's a free agent and Bailey joining AJ and Finn, I would I would um I don't know if I'm a fan of that because Ronda's going to need someone to dance with on SmackDown and Bailey's a good foil for her. If they're going to keep Ronda babyface, which it seems unfortunately like they're going to do. I don't think the fans are going to go with it. You get her in front of a stadium with Bailey. I think Bailey's going to be cheered and Ronda's going to get booed. And then, you know, Ronda's tummy's going to hurt and she's going to get angry at the fans in a shoot sense because Ronda can't handle any kind of negativity from fans. Um, I think her, you know, anyway, but I have not heard that. I would I would really it's a cool concept until you take, you know, a few moments to think about it and you're like, "Well, wouldn't that kind of water down Bailey's return and giving her her own spotlight instead of kind of being a just, you know, the 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 rear Ripley counterpart?" You know what I mean? So, all right. Well, uh thanks Levi for throwing everything in the subject. Awesome stuff. Let's get to uh let's see here. Bryson Bryson says, I have a quick question for you. So I read somewhere that there's a chance Bray Wyatt will come back to WWE on the website. It says his asking price is pretty high. Do you think this could happen? If so, what would he in would he return as The Fiend? I have heard this floating around. I don't know how much credibility there is to this. I think he would have to show WWE that he is mentally... Me- mentally um, st- uh, stable, right? Because he had a lot of issues with the passing of Luke Harper and among other things. And so he wasn't in a great place mentally. And now I think that's part of what they would have to you know talk with him about as well as money, right? Is Bray Wyatt really worth the sum of money that he's demanding? And I don't know what that dollar amount is, but they have to figure that out. And then, yeah, would they bring him back as the fiend? Maybe. I think I think they could and The Fiend would instantly be the biggest news story in pro wrestling again. And they could wipe the slate clean and start fresh with The Fiend. And I think a lot of people would forget about the terrible booking that they did, especially towards the end of uh, of The Fiend's existence. Let's see here. One more thing. I know you gave up on the Dwayne and Roman a while back. I also read another website that at a live event, Roman broke character and hinted at him and The Rock. So... Yeah, um, I mean, it's not that I've given up on it actually happening. I think it's going to happen, but I don't, if it's going to happen, it's WrestleMania 39, right? I, I don't think there's there's any other place that it could. And I'm reading your link, or I clicked the link you sent, and I don't, uh, here, here we go. It was in London. Here, let's see what he says.
2: The rock can get it too. I want you all
0: to get home safely tonight. Alright, so he something about the rock can get it too, and that that got the uh, um Oh oh, it said during a moment in the ring with the mic, a fan asked, What about the rock? Roman answered and said the rock can get it too and then the crowd obviously you heard what they did there. And uh, then he said, I hope you all get home safe tonight, that kind of thing. So, hmm. yeah, I mean, everyone knows it's going to happen. I, I haven't given up on the idea of it happening, just not right away. I kept, you know, for a while I was on a streak of like, oh, it could happen here. Oh, the golden egg is something with The Rock, all this and that with Survivor Series. I've really been talking about it from Survivor Series up through Romania. And it was just like I was getting embarrassed every time I thought, you know, oh, he's going to turn to turn at the Rumble. And it's just so what I meant is I'm giving up on it until it's WrestleMania season again. That's why. That's what I really should have clarified. So, all right. That is uh that's it from Bryson. Thank you so much, buddy. And let's see here. Um, how many more do we have? I think we have two more, two more emails, and then it's voicemail time. So this is from Jacob. A few things. First, the way that Raw opened this week felt like they were trying for a combat sport feel. The way the announcers were standing in front of the cage to promo for the match, I liked it. Something new for them. They should have definitely they should definitely continue for a big match intro. Totally agree. I said the same thing. Great stuff. I love the way that they they were standing there. Just just little production things like that. It's amazing, right? Second. Reigns and Rocket Russell Media for the championship will not happen. Only one of those can happen. Either Reigns defends the title at Mania or Reigns faces Rock at WrestleMania. The Rock would have to either win Money in the Bank or the Royal Rumble to face Reigns as champion. And I don't see either of those happening and nor would I want them to happen. any scenario of the Rock and Roman happening, I don't care if it's at a house show that it happens. (laughs) As long as the championship's not involved, I'll be happy because it immediately tips the the uh, the fans as to well Roman's retaining no way the Rock's gonna be the one to win and nor should he be, the Rock is in no position at this point in his career, in his life, to be the one to take and end the the uh, the reign run of Roman Reigns. It would make no sense. So, third, the Gunther character is Austrian, and the pronunciation of his name would be different then that, what we would make it. Refusing to pronounce his name the correct way is the same as if someone were named Jesus Sanchez and you only pronounce his name as Jesus as in Jesus Christ. Well, there's a lot of mispronunciation of names, right? I mean, look at Omas. Is he Nigerian? Am I mispronouncing his name by saying Omas, even though it's actually supposed to uh, phonetically spelled Omos? Okay? I mean, th- to me, even though it's even if somebody from Austria, a language expert from Austria sat down at my desk and said, you are pronouncing this wrong. This is offensive. Okay. I don't care. Number one. Number two, it sounds stupid to say Gunther. It's like I'm saying like half of Goonies. I don't know why Gunther. Anybody else feel this way? Okay. So even if I am perfect, Purposefully, pronouncing his name incorrect from the Austrian, yeah, you know, the Austrian uh, pronunciation of his name. Well, I think I'm just uh, you know, I'm gonna have to deal with it. Fourth, Cody has been pretty open about being bullied in the WWE locker room because of his lisp. Maybe he could get it fixed, but knowing the type of person he is, he's probably embraces it now and uses his platform to encourage others, especially or specifically kids, not to hide it and embrace themselves. Well, look, as I said yesterday, in my raw review, and I was being perfectly honest, what I said was, if you didn't hear it, uh, I know you did, Jacob, obviously, because you're responding to it. But for those that didn't, I just said that Cody's lisp is a distraction for me. It's a distraction because it's not something you often see. And I'm not making fun of it. I don't make jokes about it. Okay. But if it's fixable, Why wouldn't you want to fix it if, I I don't know, again, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a speech pathologist, I don't know exactly what would entail the curing of a lisp at that age, right? Like, that's why normally when you have a lisp, and I had a lisp, lisp as a small child, I was able to correct it because I forced myself to place my tongue in a certain way every single time I said, the like, an S, word with an S, right? And you learn as a kid to, to, to do that. And then, you know, as, as a kid, your brain adapts and you go into adulthood and you know, no problem. But once you get to be an adult, it's harder to reprogram your brain maybe for things like this. I don't know. Maybe he's just said, screw it. That's part of me. That's part of my personality. And great. If he's he embraces it. Fine. More power to him. He can embrace it, you know, from here until the cows come home, but that's still not going to change the fact that it's distracting. And I think he'd be better off as from a promo standpoint to correct it, it, you know, that's me. Now, if he's trying to be a hero to kids and show, you know, kids that you can be anything you want, well, here's the thing. That's fine. I, I have no problem with, you know, uh, role models that are appropriate. But w- telling kids to embrace who they are is fine. But also the message should be, you know, if you can correct things that would be beneficial to you going into adulthood, then I I would recommend that you correct it. Like in other words, if my kid has a lisp and he's five years old, I'm not going to say, Oh, well, don't worry about it, man. You know, don't, don't worry, or don't worry about it, buddy. That's who you truly are. We're not going to worry about the lisp. No, we're going to try to fix it. Right? So if you're a kid and you're looking at this and saying, Oh, he's like me, I've got a lisp. Now, if it's in if it's something that can't be corrected, then I understand right Like if it's something that can't be corrected some medical reason, then you know that that happens. I, I don't know what the situation would be, but whatever that is if there, if it's incorrectable because of some medical condition, then then yeah, sure. cool. look up to Cody. but if it's something that you know you, <laughs> your kid is young and he's like, oh well, daddy, he has a lisp, I'm gonna have one for the rest of my life too. Yeah, uh, no. Okay, no, we're not. Okay, we're gonna fix that. So, I get your message, Jacob. I get it, but at the same time, there's certain things you should embrace and certain things that you shouldn't. Just because everyone has bad habits, you know, and have bad tendencies, we all do, doesn't mean we should embrace them. It means we should continually try to improve ourselves. It doesn't mean to just ah, well, that's just me. It'll never change. Well, that's that's kind of a lazy analysis. I'm not saying you're lazy. I'm saying just that analysis in general is lazy and it's it's regressive, but I get it. I get your message. I, I really do. I really do. And again, I'm not making fun of Cody Cody's lisp. It's, and for forever will be and you know that there's a i think there's a large majority of people that would agree with me that are probably thinking the same thing that it's just distracting and if there are people seriously bullying him in the locker, in the locker room like let's grow up right i mean come on grow up i don't know if that's true but let's let's you know let's grow up if that's true as far as the people who are actually doing that come on all right Let's uh, go to our final email here, and this is Phil from the UK. He said, thanks for reading my email last week. I think both Raw and SmackDown were okay. I can get by without watching SmackDown. Just the reviews on the podcast are sometimes better than watching. (laughs) Well, good, good. Um, Regarding the brand split, I have heard that Fox were telling WWE to stop taking their stars to Raw because they want them exclusively on their brand and not on another. Why tune into Fox to see someone when you can see them on another network? Doesn't matter to me as, as both Raw and SmackDown are the same on the same channel. But I act, or I, I like the fact that they both, for me, are on it, and it gives more stories, but that comes at the cost of burying their other stars. Yeah, and I see Fox is probably really not happy about this, right? Because it, it, it takes away from the exclusivity of the stars that were meant to be just on Fox. Kinda, I mean, yeah, I agree. But as far as fans go, I mean, we don't give a damn, right? I mean, most people don't care. Most people are like, oh, cool, Roman's on Raw and SmackDown now. Oh, wait, the Usos are on Raw? Why? Eh, who cares? They're on Raw, right? I mean, I care because I'm a, I'm a, I am like rule following in WWE. But, all right, let's go. Uh, let's see. What other matches do you see for the next pay-per-view? With Roman reportedly not on this show, I can see the tag match being in the main event again. Do do they put Ronda in the cell with someone? But who? I can't see them doing the tag match in the cell. Just no need. Only to keep Roman out. And and if he's not there, then no point. Well, so Roman reportedly is not having a match on the show. That doesn't mean he's not going to be there. Right? There's a difference. Now, do I think Roman's going to interfere on Friday's tag title unification match? Yes. And we're going to get a Schma's finish, which will lead to the real match that happens at Hell in a Cell between the Usos and RK-Bro. I would say it should be in the cell. We've been willing to this match for like two months now. A lot of animosity there. I would not put Ronda in the cell with somebody that she's never faced before. What, what are they going to put her? Who are they going to put her in the cell with? Again, The Cell should be exclusive for for, for rivalries that are worth it. And the only rivalry on SmackDown that seems to be worth it right now is the tag title unification match. Name another program going on right now that is deserving of it. There are always two matches, and I think they will still fulfill the two-match obligation for the Cell. We've already got Cody and Seth. The only other one that makes sense is the tag title unification match. I understand that people want women in the Cell, but how does that work exactly? Tell me if they just do it to do it. That's a bad job at a WWE. I'm sorry. The the mystique of the cell is all but dead because of how many times that we've seen Hell in a Cell matches. But if you're going to still try to, I guess, uh, salvage anything that's left of the mystique of the cell, the respect for the cell, then make it matches that are the most qualified to be in it. And nothing Ronda's doing is qualified right now. Charlotte's out. Raquel Rodriguez faced her last week. She has no opponent. What are they going to do? Put her in a cell with somebody for a two-week program? Come on. You know? So, as far as other matches go, hmm, yeah, I mean, um, I I obviously see Becky Lynch, Asuka, Bianca, and some kind of triple threat for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, Probably Gunther, if you're being... You know, if, if you're from Austria, there you go. But if you're from the United States, you want to say Gunther, there you go. It's Gunther, because that's how you would pronounce it in the English language. But hey, um, I would say Gunther versus Drew Gulak and Omas versus Bobby Lashley. That there's another one. All right. So, all right. Also, with this walkout that happened on Raw. I thought it was very weird that WWE actually mentioned them leaving on the show and then, and then a statement after. If this is real, is the position of WWE to keep in-house and say nothing, but to even have Becky mention them or mentioned, she says... Uh, hold on. This sentence is uh, a little screwy for my brain. Um, so I'll reread that. Is the position of WWE to keep it in-house and say nothing, but to even have Becky mention... She said or she say them leave is a bit weird. Uh, Oh, I know what you mean. So saying that Becky said that both Sasha and Naomi left is a bit weird and it's unconventional. But I appreciate it because I appreciate the truth rather than them coming up with a schmazz reason. Truth always wins out. And I think that right. What they did was a the right move because they knew it would eventually make the rounds in PR and they just went with the truth. And I appreciate that. Okay. Let's see. If this is a work, then where do they go? It's not, so I'm not even going to answer. It's not a work. That would be a really bad idea for what? Just to everyone go, Oh my God, no way. Wow. They got me that that is not worth the backlash. You're going to get from actual news sites, New York post for example, I, I read an article from the New York Post. They are reporting this. You, uh, New York Post, they, they're they not a pro wrestling outlet, right? So, I mean, major news sites, major news outlets are covering this. They're not going to want to be caught up in a pro wrestling storyline. So, it'd be really bad. So, it's not a work. Definitely not a work. Uh, suspend them in... Uh, okay, so wait a minute. Um, is it a work to... Finally get rid of the belts altogether, suspend them, and it gets them off TV for a while, then bring them back, maybe have a triple threat, and even have a Naomi challenge for the title at SummerSlam. After that stint with Charlotte, she deserves to be in a, a another shot on a bigger stage. Remember, Naomi is married to Jimmy Uso, so I'm sure he would have a lot to say. Well, again, I don't think it's a work. I think it's real. And yeah, I mean, Jimmy is Jimmy. Yeah, I think it's Jimmy Uso. That's another part that I didn't consider, right? And that's a part WWE has to consider. If they fire them, well, then what does Jimmy think about that? He's involved in the biggest storyline WWE's had in, you know, many years. That's another factor. Where do you think they go from here with Hell in a Cell coming up? What matches will they have? Do they finally have the U.S. and Intercontinental titles defended at a pay-per-view? You mean a premium live event there, Phil. Uh, I can't remember the last time we saw a feud and title defense on a pay-per-view. Well, yeah, again, um, I don't either. And I think that they have put the mid-card titles on the back burner for far too long. And it's actually a bad time, an especially bad time to do that because with Roman not being on TV as much and him having the top two championships that have merged into one apparently you would imagine this is a great time to bring forward those mid card titles and showcase them. But unfortunately, yeah, it's just saying it's business as usual. Let's see. Uh, thanks again. Love the show. Love how it's a mixed bag. Most shows are all negative um, and constantly put the business down. Love the opinions and appreciate the time and little and effort you put into it as well as looking after a young family. I know the feeling I have a two. I have two under four. Oh my God. Phil. So, you know, the pain, like right now, my eyes are half closed <laughs> and I have to get up at five 30 in the morning tomorrow. So you, I mean, I don't need to explain anybody that has young kids knows, but, um, thanks for the appreciation. And yeah, I mean, there are a lot of shows that are negative. Even this one, you know, admittedly at times gets a little bit too negative. I get too negative at times. I think for whatever reason, I gravitate to that. Just, I see a show and I write down all the things I didn't like about it, but I'm making a more conscious effort to really think about the things I liked and think about the things that really, bring me to pro wrestling and things that I can talk about that balance out those bad things. So I appreciate that. All right. That does conclude everybody. The mailbag mail portion of the show. We do have several voicemails that we're going to get to. Let's see. Oh my gosh. I'm scared to see how many we have. I haven't looked yet. I know we've got like a a decent amount. Yep. We do have a decent amount. (laughs) So, Uh, I am going to uh, start with these voicemails. And then, uh, of course, after the voicemails, we'll close things out. So uh, here we go. Who's up first?
3: Hello, everyone. You guessed it. Two times. You're PGP, the French guy, Alex here. hope everyone's okay. And uh, just wanted to, once again... As an obvious statement, the pebble, where are you? You will say, of course, the referee counted too fast. It was not the right referee. But I will say to you, don't make excuses and go to the kitchen or something. Like, go to the pebble community, go to the rock community. I, I, I don't care. now. The European Championship is in the right hand again with Alex, the French guy. This out of the way, I just wanted to, like, I will know that in this uh, week's episode, everyone will talk about this, but now Reigns ar- is officially a part-timer, and this proves once again that Making every every egg in one basket is not the right choice. And I don't know why WWE made this. Now you have, like, two championships and uh, maybe one defense in three months. I don't understand the concept. Like, really, they, they need to find something quick. Otherwise, uh, a lot of people, including myself, will not, like, watch the product anymore. Even if it's super cool right now in some store lines, Championships are really very important. Uh, That's all for me for this week. Everyone, bye and celebrate your two-time European champions.
0: Bye, guys. Alex, how you doing, buddy? Well, I mean, again, I've I've covered a lot of Roman Reigns here, so I'll I'll try to be a bit brief on this and just say that, look – yeah, I mean, he is a part-timer now, and I'm not mad about that. I'm not mad about it. I think a lot of us, we're getting Roman Reigns overload, and him going to a part-time schedule, more of a Brock Lesnar-esque type of schedule, is going to benefit not just Roman mentally and physically, but also the fans, who I think got a little bit overdone with Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns. And when he's there, it'll feel special. Now, how they're going to defend those belts? It hasn't been decided. hasn't been determined. I said, if you know earlier in the show that while he's carrying two belts, they're still saying it's the undisputed Universal Championship, the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, whatever it is, and that would tell me that it's a singular championship represented by two separate pieces of material, two separate belts. But I still don't, and I'm not convinced that they're going to defend them as a singular championship. And I think it may be defended separately and go just back on their word of being a unified championship. Just so that raw has one. I hope they do. Honestly. I mean, if that's, if that's what we have to go through and they have to just backtrack on their WrestleMania outcome, I don't care. I'll that. I will have no problem with that, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. When he defends the belt against drew McIntyre, which reportedly the first match they're going to have is in I think July 2nd for money in the bank. Which is at Allegiant Stadium, so there you go. Thank you, Alex. Let's get to the next one. Hey, it's Kyle from
4: Baltimore. So I wanted to get to the situation with Bianca Belair. She's not defending the championship. Well, she's not clearly not. I mean, she's not being booked or has any direction. Looks like for Hell in a Cell or any type of direction because Becky's focused on Asuka, Though she did attack Bianca as well, so maybe leads to a triple, a triple threat. But it feels like that Bianca's going to butt in, butt in into Becky and Asuka's feud because she doesn't have anyone – she's not really feuding with anyone besides Becky. But I feel like she's going to be, uh, like I said, just warm her way into the Becky and Asuka feud, which is really weird to, to say. Um, But I don't want her to be like be, be like Roman Reigns and not on the show at all for pay-per-view. So I think that's what end up happening in that triple threat match. And Oscar and Alexa returning too. I love it. I think it's gonna be great. I'm curious who she's gonna be feeding with, but um, I'm glad that she's back, and she got her old old theme music back as well, so I love it so but and need to take these of an announcement like I said last week um about rain losing the title, but that's my, my quick thoughts about Bianca, but that's a digital call. Bye.
0: So for your last question, first about Alexa Bliss, I think that she's probably going to continue this program with uh, Sonya Deville maybe for another couple of weeks. Maybe even that ends up in a match at, at uh, WrestleMania at uh, the pay-per-view at Hell in a Cell, maybe. I, I would I would advise against it, but perhaps just to get Alexa more exposure and get her back into the minds of fans, they do that. But uh, first of all, I like the fact that she's using the DDT as a finish. I covered that on my Raw review, turning a finish that but that uh, got re-educated to us as a transition move is now being re-educated and going uh, back to what it should be, which is a finish when you think about what a DDT is. But um, yeah, so that, that's what I think. But uh, the, as far as the whole um, raw women's championship picture with Bianca, Oscar and Becky. Yeah. I mean, Bianca has been eerily quiet on promos. Oscar is being her usual cartoon self which is kind of like, to me, it's endearing, but also super annoying. I feel very mixed about the way Asuka cuts promos. And then Becky, who is, uh, I guess, the unhinged, lost former champion that doesn't know what her identity is without the belt, which is kind of funny given that that's the same thing she said to Charlotte before their match at Survivor Series when there was true heat between them. right? And a lot of people criticized Charlotte for you know, saying like, you wouldn't know who you are without that, who are, who is Charlotte without that belt, right? And yet she's almost playing Charlotte Flair in real life. Becky, that is kind of ironic, right? Or intentional is more of a, I think a better descriptor, but yeah. So, uh, Bianca, Becky and Oscar, I think it's gonna be a triple threat at, uh, hell of a cell. Definitely. All right. Thanks, Kyle. Let's keep going.
5: Hello, it's Happy podcast world. This is New York Kyle back again on your Mailbag show. The reason why I'm being DJ Kuzmo is because basically um Kanye told you put on Discord that he challenged anyone to do a DJ Kuzmo impression. So uh even though I suck at impressions, I want to give it a shot. DJ Kuzmo is taking some time off in the Mailbag due to surgery. Get well soon, friend. So. um also, if you hear a lot of wind in the background, I'm outside waiting to get my little, bro- little brothers at the bus stops. That's why it's very loud. So uh I guess I'll do his weekly Veer Mahan report. Um Basically, he is, he squashes – why do he squash Mustafa Ali? As DJ Cruz would say, what the hell, WWE? He's just squashed Mustafa Ali, basically. But I guess it was a little, he was a little protective because Miz was supposed special guest referee. And Steros came back. Whatever. (laughs) So, yeah. That's that. I guess at least there's an actual feud now, besides just jobbers. So that's good. Um, yeah. That's really it. I don't know what else to say. Um, I heard about the Sasha Banks Naomi stuff. You know, I'm kind of on their side at this one because, you know, they kind of took the ball and went home like Stone Cold. Just like Stone Cold, it was creative frustrations. So I understand from what I've heard. Naomi was going to get a title shot against Bianca Belair. Sasha was going to against Ronda Rousey, which is great, but it kind of makes the tag team less important when they're in a single woman's title shot. That's why I kind of agreed with them walking out. But you know, you know, New York Kyle loves his girl Sasha, so I all I asked him that to do was all I ask him that is one favor. In honor of Sasha, <laughs> when this voicemail ends, I want to hear his best. If mi- so not, I'm doing an impression for DJ Kuzo, but not really. I want to hear him do his best Michael Cole's boss time impression. <laughs> that was a challenge for him. So anyway, that's all for this week. As DJ Kuzo, as Kuzo would say, I hope you all have a blessed week. I'll talk to you next time. This is New York Kyle signing off.
0: Kyle, not bad, not bad. I, You know, um, the Veer Mahan report is appreciated. We appreciate that he's just, he has moved on to at least the quote unquote main roster, and uh, Ali got essentially squashed with the cervical clutch, and yeah. So the Veer Mahan report does live on even in DJ's temporary absence. I, you know, I'd say when when you started off, I was like for a second, I was like, wait, did DJ just pop on somehow? Like just for a split second, and then uh, you know, I, I realized that of course uh, it was an impression. But uh, I'd, I'd give it like a five, four or five out of five out of ten. I mean, the thing is, with DJ, you you need to blow out the speakers, right? Like the 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 uh, the point and the volume of the the uh, the voicemail needs to be through the roof. I actually have to take I'd like take down the volume of his particular file his that he sends me a lot every single week. He's got so much energy, like I have to. Really, really take down the gain of that file um, and and like chop it into a quarter so it doesn't, you know, d- destroy uh, your speakers or wherever uh, because he's got such a, a strong voice. And I, I mean that complimentary. He's got a great voice, of course, for DJing or if you want to do radio, whatever he wants to do. Uh, so it's always great to hear him, I gotta say. And uh, the spirit of DJ Kuzmo is living through us all for now. He's not dead, <laughs> okay? I sound like it's, we're not going to have like a, a memorial for him. No, he's taking a little bit of time off uh, from medical, for medical reasons. But um, get well, DJ. I'm sure you'll be back soon, and you'll be back in full force. Thanks, Kyle. And uh, no, uh, challenge not accepted for the uh, Sasha Banks, Michael Cole impression. That That is something my soul cannot bear. So, sorry. <laughs> Let's continue on.
1: Hello everyone, this is Memphis Mark calling you from Mullet Manor, which you are a little bit under construction building the uh, Mullet Manor Studios, Uh, so uh, we're uh, having to come from a new space today, but here we go. Uh, Did anybody notice, uh, they're starting to go back to the original way when Vince was uh, 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 doing the announcing back in the uh, uh, the 90s and the early 2000s even. Where they were standing out in front at the start of the match, it's kind of changing the format up a little bit. Just, uh, just something new I noticed, and uh, a little funny thing I thought that uh, right before Cody uh, came out, uh, I mean, as they're getting ready to cue his music, as this pan uh, or the camera pans away, there's an AEW sign. <laughs> it's uh, just a coincidence that has to uh, happen when uh, when Cody's there, and uh, the Omos fight. Omas uh, uh, and Bobby, um, I don't know if some people can understand what it's like to run around that ring, throw each other off of it, do all of this the crazy stuff, but you know that you have to stay away from this one certain area. And if you you can't touch it, and I always hark back to the old Tupelo concessions fight back in the... In the day, one of the best fights ever, if you haven't seen it, please go back and look it up on YouTube, the Tupelo concessions fight, Jerry Lawler was involved. The whole premise of that fight was most people didn't know that the promoters told them they didn't care what they tore up in that concession stand, didn't give a damn, do not touch the popcorn machine. And if you go back and look at that, you can see that everybody's treating that like it's hot. And uh you, most people can't tell that or even know that that's going on. But anyway, going back to the match, to, to work that match, to go around and know that you where you've got to throw him to get the uh, most camera angle, the most effect, everything like that, that's not an easy feat, not an easy feat at all. Anyway, guys, we're going to make this short and sweet. I hope everyone's having a great, great week. Uh And remember, stay a neuter because I'm out.
0: All right. Well, Memphis Mark joins us from an audio perspective here on the show and uh, beyond spaying and neutering our pets, which is an important thing to do. He points out uh, something that most of us don't think about and take for granted, and that is when there is a a fixed spot in the ring or in in this cage on the steel cage or in this instance, the steel cage, one of the sides to remember to not do that is it is it's something that. You can easily forget as kind of a reflex in the ring, right? Where you're, you bounce off the side of the cage to do something and you, you go, oh crap, right? Like you, <laughs> you just hit the spot you're not supposed to hit, right? It's something that is easily just lost in your brain when you go out there. And uh, it takes true focus and two professionals to do that. And you know what? I, I'd consider Omas a professional. You know, he may not be Hall of Fame worthy yet, but for his size, as I've said, Omos is doing his best. as good or even better than I could have ever expected him to do at this point in this stage. So, but you're right. It's a, it's a, it's, it's something that is challenging. It's, it's something that again, most people don't even think about. It's just, uh, it's, you don't, and I did not see the AEW sign. I'm going to have to go back and watch that now. And I have not seen that concession stand brawl. I was actually, uh, just looking it up on YouTube as you were talking about it. And Jerry, the King Lawler, uh, did talk about it. He has a, a, a couple of minutes that he talked about. I, I'll, I'll let you listen just a quick thing about it. And this must have been, this was uploaded two years ago. So Jerry the King Lawler talked about this 40 years later, the the Tupelo concession stand brawl. So uh, here here's a little bit of what Jerry the King Lawler had to say about uh, the Tupelo concession stand brawl. I, I'm not going to play everything, but I, I want you and, and everybody else. Just a quick clip of it
1: the concession stand, all four of them bleeding. I always look back and say, hey, that was the start
2: of hardcore, extreme wrestling. They've tried to duplicate it since, but you can't duplicate it. It's been 40 years since tag team partners, superstar Bill Dundee and Jerry the King Lawler, took their match with Larry Latham and Wayne Ferris outside of the squared circle and into a concession stand at the old Tupelo Sports Arena. All it takes is one Google search of the Tupelo concession stand brawl to uncover a litany of YouTube videos and articles about the brawl. The King offers his theory on why this match still resonates today
1: the reason that people still talk about it 40 years later is the same reason they still talk about me and Andy Kaufman because it was it was the
2: first time anything like that had ever been done in wrestling anywhere. Memphis wrestling historians will tell you the concession stand brawl was born of desperation. Memphis promoter Jerry Jarrett was struggling at the gate and hemorrhaging talent. Jarrett knew this stunt would generate buzz for his struggling promotion. Forty years later, Bill Dundee, a wrestler's wrestler, won't give away any trade secrets. Before the match started, you had no idea you were going to end up. No
6: idea we was going to do that. Even when we go, I were there. We didn't know what. We-
0: was gonna do it wasn't all right well so that is uh it's a little bit of a i guess a recap of that not not that i ever expected to talk about the tupelo concession stand brawl but there it is and if you guys haven't seen it definitely you know youtube it I, I, i know that it was 1979 but man still it holds up after all these years test of time something special man so thank you memphis mark and we will be talking to you sunday man so uh let's get to our next voicemail
7: Hey, it's uh, Reggie from Arkansas, and uh sorry about last week. I was really in a rush. I really wanted to meet that three-minute deadline. But, uh Matt, to continue on what we were talking about from last week, I completely agree with you. If they do decide to do Rock Roman at WrestleMania 39, the title does not need to be involved. I don't know how they're going to get there with Roman wanting to take time off. And with all these big shows in between, I don't know how they're going to do that. But in true WWE fashion, they'll figure something out. They'll pull something out of their butt. But to continue on about this week's, uh well, last night's show, Raw, um, I thought it was kind of a little silly how, you know, they started off with the steel cage match. And I knew something big was going to happen at the end, and it finally dawned on me whenever Omos had Bobby Lashley picked up. I told my fiancé that, hey, they're about to do a spot that happened in about 2006, 2007. I don't know if many of y'all can remember, but it was something sort of similar as to what happened last night with Bobby going through the cell. I believe that was against Umaga leading up to the – hair versus hair, millionaire versus millionaire with Trump and Vince at, I believe, WrestleMania 23. But I also want to say it was kind of silly how Bobby just popped up just out of the middle of nowhere after being slammed through and was dancing and around and stuff. I just thought that was kind of silly. But to continue with my predictions, I feel like I don't know if they're going to break up RK, bro, and have Riddle go after Roman or vice versa with Randy. It's a, it's really a toss-up between
8: those two and what's
7: going to happen. Um, I also think that with Riddle kneeing Roman in the face last Friday night, that obviously Roman's going to cost them the match or, you know, interfere in the match this Friday. And then they're going to put – RK Bro and the Usos inside Hell in a Cell at Hell in a Cell. I believe it's June fifth, but I think I'm running out of time. If I missed anything, I will be sure to call back again next week. And shout out to Michael Ritter for the shout out last week on this ride, on this past SmackDown review. I appreciate it. And I will be going to on May 27th. I will be going to Friday Night SmackDown in Little Rock, Arkansas about a 30-minute drive from my house and Matt I would love to come on and talk to you about it but uh, I'm running out of time and y'all have a good day thank you
0: hey buddy well thanks for calling in and you know if you're if you're attending Smackdown you definitely let me know We'll, we'll talk about coming on for a you know a review or or something like that and uh, because I always love when people go in person, and you can you can talk about things you don't see and hear that you don't that you get at home, right? So yeah, definitely. Uh, shoot me an email at uh, mailbag at or actually no, my real w podcast at gmail.com. That's probably the best one. You could email me at mailbag at ww dot com. Either one, but yeah, let's uh, let's talk connect. Maybe we can set something up. And, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that spot with uh, Bobby and um, Umaga and all that that happened earlier. It actually happened, I think, with Roman and Brock at a uh, a Saudi event a few years ago when they were in their uh, loop of constant title matches. I think that I'm fairly sure it happened there, too. Um, yeah, so it's not the first time. And I remember actually rewatching the Brock and Roman steel cage match for the I think it was the WWE title at the time. And or, I don't know, one of their top belts. And when Brock got put through the steel cage, the side. It was the same side, by the way. I remember seeing twist ties fly off. They were like little twist ties that they had kept it together with. Like the slow-mo, you could see the twist ties spinning. There were several of them that were just holding the the, uh, steel cage together. That was kind of funny. But um, yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying. It was kind of silly that he just popped back up. He did get up a little bit too soon. But I actually think he wasn't supposed to just lay there anyway. I think he was supposed to get shot out and then take a bump after he got, you know, thrown out of the ring. Unfortunately, he he landed like a you know it was a, a California King mattress, and so he he knew he had to get off to win the match. Otherwise, the longer he lays there, the dumber that that Omos looks because he realizes, wait, he's out of the cage. Why am I not doing anything? I'm just standing here. He was in a weird spot, and I think Bobby did the best he could with it. I know what you're saying. He popped up way too quick, but the alternative is just, you know, Omas standing there and going, uh, well, I could win the match here. Why am I not winning the match? (laughs) So I get it. But uh, thanks so much for your comments, and uh, let's continue.
8: Hey, man, this is Justin from Maryland. I just had uh, I just had a couple of topics I want to discuss. Hopefully, I'll run out of time because I got a lot of things I want to say. So first, I want to speak on the uh, Sasha and the Naomi situation. So I love both stars. Uh, fun fact: Sasha Banks. I know that's not her real name. My last name is Banks, also. So that's like one of the first one of the reasons I love her. She stood in the ring promo promo all that. Um, so. I read that, uh, something about that they were upset because Naomi was, was scheduled to win that match. She was supposed to pin Sasha or something like that. And, you know, they were upset and I agree because you're the tag champions. Why are you in a six, six pack challenge for the Raw tag titles? And why is one of your champions winning? You're supposed to be, you know, trying to find opponents for your titles. So, I definitely agree with them. It makes sense. I mean, you have SmackDown superstars coming on Raw all the time, so they could have easily put in some SmackDown stars in that match. I understand not putting Liv Morgan and Rhea because, you know, they're in the program already, but that didn't even make sense. So when I read that, I was surprised, and I was like, okay, that makes sense. You know, because they feel disrespected, like they won the tag titles, and they're not even defending them. So that's all I have to say on that. Um, what are your thoughts on, uh, apparently Roman's not going to be on the Hell in a Cell card? I kind of, I kind of figured that because, you know, they're trying to have the, uh, the unification match probably main event or the Cody and, uh, Steph match. So, who do you think he'll face that money in the bank? I guess it's going to be Shinsuke because they're still, you know, uh, pushing that whole um, storyline because he had a promo and then he was uh, interacting with Sammy on SmackDown. So I think they'll probably go with uh, Shinsuke. They'll probably have some kind of battle royal or something and then Shinsuke will probably win and they'll probably hold off Drew for uh, for SummerSlam. Um want to talk uh, talk about Asuka and, and that Lynch match. Um, I thought we were gonna get a DQ because I thought that they wanted to do a three way, but I guess not. And I was hoping that the ref would uh would uh reverse decision because Oscar used a miss. I don't see how that's not a uh D Q but hey, Oscar versus Bianca. Um I think Becky's probably gonna call the D Q and then we'll get that three way of money in the bank. So that should be fun. And next, uh this might be a last the last thing. Uh, RK brought in the Usos.
0: Definitely going to get a uh, DQ on Hey, Justin. Hope all's well with you, too. And uh, let's get into your points. So Sasha and Naomi, I mean, everybody, as expected, is, is chiming in on this. And it seems to be the consensus that most people are agreeing with Sasha and Naomi and what they did to walk out. And, again, we're getting a small piece of the story that's also only one side of the story. So we're, in total, we are getting a very small piece of what exactly is going on. This also... I think uh, is is something that is going to be revealed in time. If they're released, there's going to be a lot of information uh, in, in, that is uh, exploded onto the scene of what happened. And I don't. While that was the excuse, and I saw that as well, that it was th- that that to them was disrespectful. That Naomi was originally going to win, now she's not. There has to be more to it, right? Like they they wouldn't just walk out because of that decision in and of itself. That to maybe that to them was the last straw. But there was a whole lot of crap before that that I'm sure they had problems with that. uh, That to them was the last straw. But who faces Roman at Hell in a Cell? The answer? Nobody. From what I understand, Roman is not going to be or compete at Hell in a Cell. He's going to have his uh, first title defense against Drew McIntyre at Allegiant Stadium at Money in the Bank July 2nd. So that's that. That, and And I do believe that. So I have to say. I'm not sad about it, but at the same time, I'm very curious as to how they're going to actually defend the belt. Separately, whatever. We've speculated about that, too. So thanks, Justin. Good stuff, as always. And uh, I will talk to you next week. Hey, man, it's Justin from Maryland again.
8: Um, I just wanted to touch on something real quick. You might not play this voicemail or the first one, but either one is cool. I just want to touch on something real quick that I've been thinking about. What are your thoughts on the Intercontinental Championship? Because it's seemingly been just thrown to the wayside. I thought that it hasn't even been defended on a uh, PLE in about a year. We haven't even seen uh, Ricochet on SmackDown since he beat, who was at Shanky, uh, part like two weeks ago. So I just don't understand why they aren't showcasing this title. And then – SmackDown, they they definitely don't have the star power Raw has right now. So, do you think that they should just unify the U.S. and one of them? I don't know. They're they're not gonna unify the belts. I don't know. But like, what do you think they should do? Because it doesn't make sense that they aren't having the champion on SmackDown, and then they're not even you know defending it on the the live uh, big shows. So it just doesn't make sense. And then, like I said, Regis doesn't really have any good opponents because SmackDown is is low on stars right now. Raw has basically everybody. So, yeah, I just want to touch on that. Um, I mean, the U.S. title is clearly is clearly a uh, more important. theories on the show every week defend the title that's just crazy that one of the more historic titles in history, they're not even showcasing it. Hey, they're, they even showing the women's tag titles more than the intercontinental championship. And that's just crazy. Hey, even the 24 seven title, it is getting more TV time than the intercontinental championship. So yeah, that's it. I just want you, I just want your thoughts on that. Um, if you don't play the first voicemail, that's okay. I just, Cause I don't think anybody has even brought this up. I haven't heard anybody talk about the Intercontinental Championship. So, yeah, so that's it, man. That's it.
0: Uh, talk to you next week. So, Justin, since you never do that, I did let it go. I know other people are out there. Wait a minute. What about the two voicemail, three minute limit? Yeah, but, 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 but. Justin's a longtime contributor and he's almost, I don't think, ever. Done this where he has uh, violated the rule. so I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let it go because uh, because I I, I like you. So uh, I mean, I've already addressed this early in the show. If you've gotten to an hour and a half in, like you are now, then you've already heard my answer about this. I mean, people are now starting to notice that. Hey, wait a minute, what the hell with the IC and U.S. belt? I I would advise against unifying them because they're it's it's apple and oranges, right? Like U.S. and Intercontinental title while they're "Quote unquote," at the same level, they have different lineage, different heritage. They mean different things. Whereas the Universal Championship was created out of thin air to balance out the WWE Championship that was on Raw. I mean, it was just it was supposed to be the equivalent and sister, if you will, or brother of the WWE Championship. Whereas US and Intercontinental, you couldn't do it. It, it wouldn't. It wouldn't work. But uh, yeah, I mean, you would imagine. Again, I will drive this point home. There's no better time with Roman Reigns on a part-time schedule with the WWE and Universal Championship being held by Roman Reigns and him never not being on TV much and barely defending the belt. There's no better time than to showcase and elevate the championships you do have. You're never going to have a better opportunity. These opportunities come few and far between where you have your top champion uh, and championships absent that you can use that time to fill with championships you do have to elevate them. I don't understand it. This is a missed opportunity if WWE doesn't do something about it. So, all right, Justin, thanks, buddy, and uh, I know everyone else. Guys, relax. It, you know I, this is rare. I don't. I don't always. I don't always let uh, you know multiple voicemails come through since I uh, instated that rule a few months ago. But uh, all right, a few more voicemails and we'll close things out.
6: Hey, Matt. This is Robert from the WWE Ringside Podcast again. I'm um, hoping everybody's having a great day. I have a couple of things I want to go over. Um, First was on SmackDown when RKO, RK bro, sorry, um, and the bloodline went face to face and Riddle ended up kneeing uh, Reigns in the face. Um, I've seen on Twitter that there's like uh, speculation, the rumors or whatever, that Riddle went, um, went for a shoot, went off cuff there and the knee was actually not a planned knee, and by the reaction from the Usos and Orton and everybody, um, they were all shocked and stunned. Um, do you think that it was all planned, the knee um, to the face, or do you think it was actually Riddle saw a great opportunity to make a to make a statement, and he went went for the knee. Um, I find it weird that the Usos didn't attack or an attack. They kinda just stood there in shock. Like they didn't expect it. Um but that's the first thing I had. Uh, the second was for Hell in a Cell. Um we know we got we get uh Rollins Rhodes inside Hell in a Cell. Um I'm still up in the air on what the second match is gonna be inside Hell in a Cell if they have two. Um I really wanna see the Unification match somehow make it into Hell in a Cell. Um, but with how they're building up, uh, the match this Friday, um, they're putting a lot of hype behind it, so maybe there won't be a distraction finish this Friday, and we actually do get the unification, but I see there being a distraction finish on Friday, um, leading to a Hell in a Cell match, but the question I have is, actually for Omos and Uh, Lashley, do you think we're going to see them inside Hell in a Cell instead? Um, The only reason why I bring that up is because with Lashley issuing the weekly challenges now to Omos, trying to get bigger and bigger, uh, we did a still cage this week. Next week, Lashley is going to issue another challenge. Um, Do you think this ultimately ends inside Hell in a Cell, where MVP finally gets what is coming to him, and Lashley is able to take care of both of them. Um, I could see that happening. I don't want it to happen because I don't think WWE really wants them inside the Hell in a Cell. I don't think it would be good for the pay-per-view. But with it getting bigger and bigger each week, I mean, what's bigger than Hell in a Cell as far as,
0: Hey, Robert. Well, good questions here, so let's fire them off. I, yeah, as far as the distraction finish for the Usos and RK Bra on Friday, nobody believes that this is actually going to end. I don't believe, I don't, I haven't heard anybody that actually thinks this is going to be a true finish. Definitely ending of the feud. No way. I mean, you get two weeks till a, a premium live event. You're going to have some schmazz finish. I don't think it's going to be a distraction finish, though. I think it's going to be Roman Reigns spearing riddle, causing a disqualification, and we get a screwy finish, which just, leads to the main, uh, to the event, uh, the rematch at the uh, Hell in a Cell event. So let's see, the need of the face of Roman, I don't think it was a, a, a shoot. I, I, it had to be a work. I mean, wh- because if it wasn't, what's the outcome? What, what's How do you end the show like that? Number one, it, just, it ends the show in a way that leaves the fans happy, but also goes, oh my God, what did Riddle just do? and it sets up for Roman to give Riddle some payback to screw him out of the unification match that's going to happen on Friday. I mean, it sets it up nicely. And if Riddle was going into business for himself, I mean that is a that's bad. You you, you can't do that, especially with the top guy. Doesn't work. It would be a very it would be career suicide. No way that that's a, a work. Or rather shoot. It it's real. It's real. Um as, as far as like storyline, like it was supposed to happen. I, I don't mean Riddle went into business for himself. Like it was planned. That's what I mean. Uh, who should go in the cell? I mean, you make a strong case for Almas and Lashley, given that the they, they had their first match, second match, third match was inside of the steel cage. And then logically, the next step is put a roof on the cage, put him in the cell. And Lashley's going to have another challenge that's already been promoted. So there's definitely a case to be made for Lashley and Omos inside the cell. And you know what? I think they'd have a good match. But the question is, are they going to go for quality of match or bigger stars? Right? Because when you look at the quality of the match, you're going to go with uh, the tag team title unification match. They could blow the roof off the place. Imagine what all four of those guys could do inside the cell. If you put Lashley and Omos in the match, okay, you're going to have a much more slow paced match that storyline-wise, it may be deserving of it, but star power-wise, eh, right? I mean, Bobby Lashley is a big big name, but Omos is still growing. I don't think Omos is ready for inside the cell. So the answer to me is no. Lashley and Omos will have something else in terms of uh, their, their match stipulation at Hell in a Cell, and I think that the tag team title unification match will be inside the cell. That's my est- uh, estimation. Thanks, Robert. Let's get to our final voicemail. I'm sorry, hey, it's Kyle, um, from Baltimore. I
4: wanted to just really quickly just bring it up about the whole, uh, I, Sasha and the Army stuff. I think it's a sad that, that this has happened, but I want to go back to my narrow thoughts about Bianca, um, facing Asuka. Now, here's the thing. The, has Bianca got, it's, it's Bianca over with the crowd she is, but she's not all that interesting right now as champion ever since coming out of WrestleMania. So I know people love Bianca. I love Bianca too. I think she's great. I think she's a great. She's she's fantastic, but it's nothing interesting for Bianca Bianca at, at all as, as a story, storyline perspective. It's about Becky and Asuka. Bianca doesn't really even matter ever since WrestleMania is about Becky and Oscar. She's a really like Bianca's just the third wheel. So. I feel bad for beyond cause you feel like she doesn't really matter as of right now. Cause again, it's not about her. So Becky and Asuka, but that's my two says about that. But that's for my call. Bye.
0: I must be in a really good mood tonight because I'm allowing all these extra voicemails and and I I know everyone's gonna be like, Oh, I'm going to do that next week. Don't do this guys. Okay. Uh, I really would appreciate you keeping it to one voicemail. Um, this is much more the exception than the rule. I'm just, I guess, feeling generous. But that said, Kyle, um, you're quickly on the third wheel that Bianca is right now, it's weird, right? Bianca, the champion, who won the main event of WrestleMania two years in a row, is a third wheel. You you're kind of right though. She hasn't had a whole lot to say. She's she in, in, in essentially you kind of forced this to happen, sitting at ringside. She's not on commentary, and is just kind of worming her way into the match which is her own match that shouldn't happen this way it it is weird and i mean i could watch becky and oscar in an iron man match or an iron woman match whatever it it would be i mean it'd be amazing but yeah it's weird right but you know inevitably the outcome is as i've said throughout the show triple threat bianca versus oscar versus becky at hell in a cell not confirmed But that's my speculation. So thank you, everybody, for your contributions tonight. I really appreciate it. Consider going ad-free on our Patreon page. You get a shout-out on the show, as you heard. You get Discord server. You get hundreds of ad-free shows. You get the After Dark show. I'll be recording a new one soon, hopefully later this week. And it's going to be focused on something a little bit different than my promiscuous side of life. Uh, Something else that I uh, was suggested, I'll be covering that on the After Dark rated R show. Okay, It's rated R, not for the family. That's available on Patreon. And also Discord server, and you get priority placement in this mailbag show as a patron. So lots of benefits for a dollar a month. I got to say, you can also get a uh, an ad free experience on Apple Podcasts for ninety nine cents a month. You just click the ad free button. You get to get everything ad free on Apple Podcasts in the native application. You don't have to download anything extra. Or our website, guys. Our website is still a thing. WWEpodcast.com, use the promo code roman at checkout and get 50 percent off so all right everybody thanks for listening that closes me out for the week but uh no fear no worries i'll be back sunday night with memphis mark covering your week in review until then take care everybody and i'll talk to you next time
1: thanks for listening to the wwe podcast don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show, or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.